Principal Matters Podcast, episode 259. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about 10 areas for self-care in the school year ahead. On Thursday, August 12th, 2021, I had the privilege of providing a keynote from my book, Pause, Breathe, Flourish, Living Your Best Life as an Educator at the Archdiocese of Louisville's Welcome Back Ceremony for the new school year. And although most of my work in education has been in the public school sector, I was so excited to connect with these Catholic school educators from the invitation of Superintendent Mary Beth Bowling, who invited me to address the teachers from 39 pre-K through 8 elementary schools and 9 high schools collectively serving 18,000 students in six counties of the Archdiocese of Louisville. It was a wonderful experience to attend an early morning mass followed by an hour of professional learning. And this week, I just wanted to share the first in a series of episodes from that keynote that I delivered to educators beginning a new school year. If you've listened to my books or listened to my previous podcast episodes, you may find many of the stories and lessons familiar, but I hope that you'll benefit from this summary of the ideas on breathing first as you continue the important work of serving students, even in the midst of ongoing challenges. So in this week's episode, I'm just going to be sharing the introduction of that talk by focusing on the 10 areas of self-reflection for self-care, and in subsequent episodes, I'll talk about the power of your influence, the importance of your friendships, and the meaning of your legacy. As always, if you would like resources for school leaders, if you'd like to connect with any of my other offerings or masterminds, or if you simply want to correspond and reach out with challenges or ideas, please do so at my website at williamdparker.com, or you can email me directly at will at williamdparker.com. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. We are uh, very fortunate to have Will Parker with us not only today, but he was here in June as well, and many of our educators had the opportunity to participate in a workshop that he offered really on self-care and on how we care for ourselves so that we can care for others. And I came to know Will through podcast as a principal, uh, he has a podcast Uh, Principal Matters. He's written a number of books and guided me through my work as a principal and an educator uh, before I even moved into the Archdiocese. And even after that, I have continued to listen to podcasts, read his books, and uh, learn so much and that that can inform me and my growth as an educator. His latest book, um, you can tell I've dog-eared it to death, but it's called Pause, Breathe, flourish. And we have a number of copies actually in the back. If you desire to pick one up and take it with you, you can. But um, again, just a real timely resource for us given the challenges and circumstances that we faced and may continue to face moving forward. So Will has flown in from Oklahoma. He's going to tell you a little bit about um, his background wasn't easy getting here, but uh, Will, we're so delighted not to have you just once this summer, but twice. And uh, again, welcome to Louisville. Yeah, thank you. Good morning. 
Um, uh, thank you, Superintendent Dr. Mary Beth Bowling. I'm so privileged to be with you all this morning, and as Mary Beth explained, uh, my work now as an educator is helping educators and school leaders across Oklahoma, and through my podcast, I've had the opportunity to interview uh, educators across the world, um, and so I would just invite you later to connect. I, I want to make sure this is a conversation that continues I'm the father of four children. My wife and I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We've been married for 28 years. We have three college-age daughters and a son who's going into high school as a sophomore this coming year. And I began my journey as an educator in 1993 as a high school language arts teacher just south of Tulsa in a school called uh, South Intermediate High School in Broken Arrow. I taught language arts. I taught uh, mythology as an elective. I taught creative writing. I taught AP language. Later, I became the department chair for the English department. And then in 2004, I stepped into my first role as a school administrator, as an assistant principal in a school just south of Tulsa. And then in 2006, I moved to a school north of Tulsa, Skyatook High School, where I was principal until 2017. And so in the 24 years that I had as a teacher and a principal, I had the privilege to serve students in our communities. I want to tell you a little bit about my last school because this is where my two oldest graduated. Skytook is located in two counties. If you ever come to Oklahoma, please come to Tulsa and go just north and you land in what's called Osage County. I'm really, I'm really curious if anyone's ever heard of, of uh, Pioneer Woman. You ever, ever heard of her? Some of you have. Um, well, she lives in Osage County, and Osage County is an Indian reservation. We were one of only two schools in the state of Oklahoma that offered Osage as a foreign language. And so 32% of our students um, are Native American. Uh, we had a diverse population with, um, with a lot of tradition and legacy. There's a new movie being made in Osage County that's called Killers of the Flower Moon with Leonardo DiCaprio. And so I just encourage you, when that movie comes out, go see it. You're going to be, I think, enthralled by the story of that area. And I think you'll be challenged, too, um, at how often the systematic injustices that we've seen in the past, we often can see reflected in history. And it makes us wonder, what are we going to be looking back at 50 years from now and wondering, or 100 years from now, wondering what we have been living through and experiencing here that we're not even aware of. And so, so many of my students and families live in that area and in that culture, and I just invite you to please come visit if you ever get to Oklahoma. When I fly, there is always a flight attendant who stands up and gives instructions as we're getting ready to go, and I have to admit that now that I'm flying more frequently, I often just tune them out. I put them in my earbuds and start falling asleep or wear my mask. But there's always a point when the flight attendants announce this that I pay a little more attention when they say, if the cabin loses pressure, an oxygen mask will drop down above your heads. First, place it on yourself, and then assist the person next to you. And when I hear that flight attendant say that, it reminds me of an experience that I had in the first couple of years when I transitioned from teaching into school administration. I had come home late one night after a long day at school, and a full day of school activities and an evening full of ball games. And when I came home at that time, our children, all four of them, were really small. And I was there just in time to help put them to bed. And as they were going to sleep, I sat down at the table and I opened my laptop to do what I was doing every evening, which was to work late into the night 
to catch up on all my emails and get ready for the next day and set my priorities and make sure that I had gone through all my follow-through. I would wake up early the next morning, sometimes at 3 or 4 or 5 a.m., depending on how much work I had to do the next day, so I could be completely prepared to step into that day, ready to go. I would hit the ground running to make sure that I could answer questions and be helpful, and I would skip lunch because that's what you do, right? When you're a great educator, you power through, and you skip lunch, and you, you do all the things that you need to do to make sure that you're meeting the needs of kids and that you're answering the phone calls of parents and that you're responding to the needs of those around you. Because I wanted to be the kind of educator that I had always dreamed of having as a kid and that I had always dreamed as a teacher of having a principal who could respond to all my needs. But that night, when my wife sat down with me at the table, she said, well, can we have a conversation? And so I shut my laptop, and she said something to me that was so important. She said, well, the kids and I have decided that you are a dad and a husband on the weekends only. The rest of the time, the school owns you. And frankly, you have become a shell of the man that you used to be. She didn't say it with bitterness or resentment, just simple resignation. And she was right. And that night, instead of working into the wee hours, I opened my laptop back up, and I wrote a letter of resignation. I explained to my superintendent and to my board that my position was going to have to be changed because of my inability to serve both my family and the school. And I printed that letter, and I took it to my office, and I placed it in a folder, and I set it on the the desk. And here's what I told myself. I'm either going to begin to discover new priorities and habits so that I can take care of myself and family and my school, or at the end of this year, I'm handing in this letter. And every single day, when I would step into that office, I would look at that letter, and I would ask myself that question, what am I going to do today to make sure that I'm taking care, that I'm breathing first so that I can help others breathe? Seven years later, I was standing on the stage in Washington, D.C. with my wife, who was in an evening gown, and I was wearing a tux, and my kiddos were in their Sunday bests, and I was being recognized as Oklahoma's Assistant Principal of the Year, and that's not an honor I'm saying for my own ego. That's a celebration for my school. But I recognized that evening that that recognition was only possible because of the conversation I had at that table that night. And the reason I'm bringing that story to you first as you're getting ready to jump into this school year is because after 25 years of doing this work, when I work with teachers and when I work with students and parents and educators, there's, especially when I'm working with those of us in this field of service where we want to give and serve and help, the one question that keeps coming back to me more often than any other is, how do I keep from burning out? How do I keep myself motivated for the work that I'm going to do. And and folks, this year, I'm so sorry that this year is going to require resilience and challenge just like last year did. I was as excited as you were three weeks ago, thinking, here we go. We're getting ready to jump in. We're getting ready to start school. We're going to be able to have those masks off every single day and and just do what we love to do. And here we are facing challenge again. And so today, I I just want want to call you first to think about how can you stay 
invested in those areas of your own practice in life, reflecting on all of those areas, even outside of school, so that you can stay inspired and creative in the work you're going to be doing in this difficult year. So there's, there's 10 areas that we will not have time to talk about in this short session that we have together, but I just want to show them to you and invite you to grab a copy of the book on your way out. There's a limited number, but please reach out if you are interested in a copy, but they are the following. How are you investing in your body? I grew up on a farm and my grandparents raised a garden every spring and I got to stand in my bare feet as my granddad would dig the holes and put the fertilizer in and plant the tomatoes and, and cover them and water them and as I watched them nourish that bounty, I realized gardening isn't just happenstance. You cultivate and you care. How are we doing that with our bodies? Are we taking time with nutrition and sleep and exercise to make sure that we are taking care of our gardens so that we can be present to take care of others. How are you taking care of your mind? What's on your mental playlist? My daughter has a playlist that she always keeps on her iPhone that when we're in the car together she puts in because she knows there's songs that I like too. She calls it Dad's Playlist. And so as I listen to those songs, sometimes I have to ask myself the question, what am I putting into my mental playlist? What Am I listening to? What am I reading? What am I meditating on? What, because you know what you place in your mind is eventually going to sink into your heart and it's going to come out through your actions. So what are you placing into your mental playlist this year? How are you investing in your influence? How are you making sure that when you step in a room, you add something to the conversation, not pull the energy out of someone else's dreams and ideas? How are you reflecting on the use of your time? And this is probably the biggest challenge for all of us as educators, is making sure that we make the most of each moment. But, you know, I'm, I'm in my 50s, which means I've lived approximately 20,000 days. You want to do the math real fast on yourself? How many more days do I have left? And how am I making sure that I'm making the most of each of them so that I can live without regret? How am I investing in my friendships? Because those relationships that we have with one another, those friendships, are the, they're the foundation. They're the place we fall when difficult things happen. And if we're investing ourselves in our work, but we're neglecting those around us who are going to help us through difficult times or celebrate with us through the good times, then we're missing out on, a, on an essential part of our growth. How are we nourishing ourselves spiritually, which... What a beautiful service this morning to be together, to begin a school year by reminding ourselves that our faith is the foundation of the service and the calling that we have as educators. How are you utilizing your resources? And let me be frank. If our lives back home are out of control in terms of our stewardship and our, our generosity, our ability to manage our finances, those, if, we're not, if we're not able to do those things peace of mind, it's really hard to show up and take care of other people when that anxiety is weighing on us all the time. How are we investing in our intimacies? Those most intimate relationships, whether you're married or you have close friendship or you have a dear grandchild, how are you investing in those most intimate relationships? Because those are the people who you are going to be reaching out to someday when we all have that moment where we're glimpsing our last days on earth, we will not care how many emails we answered. 
but we will care about people. How are we providing others with stronger focus by, by also taking time to think about our futures, giving ourselves permission to dream about a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now, giving ourselves permission to take action on those things that are, that are passions and gifts that God's given us. And then finally, how are we, are we taking time to reflect on our legacy? What do you want others to say about you when you're gone? Because believe it or not, someday your school is going to operate without you. I know that's hard to believe, but it will. And so what kind of legacy do you want to leave? Last night, in fact, I was in Dallas, and I was stepping out of the airplane, and this young lady stopped me, this beautiful African-American girl, and she said, and I had a mask on, and she did too, and she goes, is that Mr. Parker? You guys have had that experience, haven't you? And what do you do every time you see a former student? You lie. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's so good to see you. And you act like you remember who they are. And I've had like 2,000 of you by now. And so I was like, oh, it's so good to see you. And I'm trying so hard to remember when I had her. And so she was kind enough to tell me that she lives in Atlanta and she owns four Airbnbs and Bs and that she remembered when I was her principal. And so that helped me figure out which school. And, um, and so, and she said something to me that... It, that surprised me. She said, you, you were an important influence in my life. Thank you. And I seriously walked away from that conversation wondering how was I an important influence in her life when I can't even remember her name. But you are an important influence in the lives of so many people. Whether you remember their names when they walk up to you later from now or 10 years from now or two days from now, the opportunity that you have right now to step into your classrooms and into your buildings and influence the lives of young men and women who you will never know how or, or why you influenced and inspired them is powerful. Maslow's hierarchy, you know, we talk about this as educators all the time. And usually we remind ourselves as educators that we have to begin with the needs of kids first. What are their physical needs? Make sure that they can eat and drink. Make sure that they feel safe. Make sure that they, they feel loved and secured, and that, which leads, of course, to stronger self-identity and self-actualization. And that's usually where we stop. When I was getting my bachelor's and master's degrees in education, that's all I knew of Maslow's was up to self-actualization, you know, the highest point of existence. But if you look at Maslow's later research, he added transcendence. Why would he do that? Why would he add transcendence to the top of that pyramid? And the, and the reason is, is because he realized as he aged, like a lot of us do, that if our experience with life, if the ultimate peak of our existence is our own self-awareness, man, that's limited. I don't want my experience of life to be based just upon my own self-awareness because you have experiences of life that I want to understand that help me understand life better. People who've lived before us have experiences that I want to understand so that I can understand life better. There's an eternal perspective. There are timeless truths that we can lean on that give us a bigger picture of all of time and creation. And of course, as people of faith, you realize that that transcendence points you towards a creator. So these are those 10 areas that I, that I cover in the book, but I just want you to reflect on these for a moment. Your body, your mind, your influence, your time, your friendships, your spirituality, your resources, 
your intimacy and future and legacy. And those of you that are joining virtually, I don't know which camera I'm talking to either, but thank you if you're paying attention to this. I know you can't see the screen, so I'm willing and happy to share this PowerPoint with you later if you want to reach out to me, and I'll share my email address with you. But here's some questions that I want to ask you guys, and I'm going to just pretend this is a classroom for a moment, so we're going to have some elbow partners, all right? So here's some questions to reflect on. In, in, in this school year or in the past, have you ever struggled with placing an oxygen mask on first? Does that story resonate with you? Do you have someone who can hold you accountable? Have you ever felt like a shell of yourself? In what ways are you committing to investing outside of work so that you can stay inspired for the work you're doing? And of those 10 areas, which of those are the most difficult, do you feel like, or the most neglected by you right now? So pick a question and reach over to an elbow partner, and let's just take a couple of minutes and talk. Ready? Set, go. Principal managed listeners, if you are still listening at the end of this episode, thank you so much for taking the time to share that moment with me as I introduced educators to the ideas, those 10 areas for breathing first. As you step into your new school year, I just want to encourage you to make sure that you're taking time for your self-care so that you can be inspired to take care of others. And I'm looking forward to sharing subsequent episodes from that same conversation with you in the weeks ahead. But as you are stepping into this new school year, please note that if you need free resources, if you need feedback, if you are looking for answers and solutions, as always, please reach out to me by my website at williamdparker.com or by email at will at williamdparker.com. I would be so privileged to stay connected with you in the work that you're doing in the days ahead. As always, thanks for doing what matters. I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.